Welcome to Not Another Basic Girl Podcast, the weekly basic recap about all the things you've been texting your bestie about. I'm your host, Annie Kate. Let's check in and let's chat. Welcome back to another episode. I hope everybody is having a wonderful week. I know for myself, I feel like it's only Tuesday and I'm dragging, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So this past week, you guys, I'm sorry. I know my social has been all about Jen Shaw, but you guys, this is like honestly so crazy and so intense and just like out of this world, not necessarily the crime. I mean, I don't know what that would be like, but her reaction to the crime is insane to me. Like, if that was me and I was on a national TV show, I don't know if I would be posting to my social media accounts. Posting hashtag Jen Shaw, Shaw Squad, after the feds just arrested me. But again, what do I know? You do you, Jen. This is like a train wreck, and I'm going to watch every second of it. Then, I got a little speechless, too, because not only am I, my mind is spinning and so confused about this Jen Shaw BS, Aaron Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy? I think it was just like a one-time deal, which is fine, do your thing. But, like, I don't want to I need him to focus on football I don't need him to be focusing on Jeopardy you know what I'm saying and like he's allegedly engaged I think they confirmed it I'm not a hundred percent sure I'll give him the benefit of the doubt but um now he's all over social media too I'm like what what in the actual mother trucker is going on I mean, I think people are just at that level of, like, boredom. Like, a lot of people have the vaccine, everything. Like, we're, we keep thinking we're closer and closer to getting to be normal. And I really hope that we are. But I literally think everybody's lost it. I've lost it. I mean, I lost whatever I had months ago. But, I mean, my bingo card is just filled with surprises. I mean, I didn't think that Aaron Rodgers would be the next Alex Trebek for a day. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't see Jen Shaw getting arrested. I mean, maybe I did see that one a little bit more, but damn, this world is nuts. And like, it's so crazy. Like, it, it, none of it stops. Like, we just keep, every day it's something new. And I'm not even talking about politics or what worldly matters. I'm talking about complete BS fluff that fills my mind on a daily. So, to quickly end the Bravo Jen Shaw talk, her court date is set for October 18th. I think there'll be a little bit of information that comes in between that. Maybe a plea deal. I don't know exactly. Andy Cohen, the father of Bravo, 
his only reaction was just the words, oy vey. So, you know, if she keeps filming, I'm going to keep watching. Of course I'm going to keep watching. I keep on wondering, though, like, in my mind is, where's, like, where's her husband? Like, if she's that vocal and, like, carefree and doesn't give a flying F about any of this... Why isn't her husband just, like, saying something? Like, he's a university coach. Like, that concerns me. Whatever. I want to know how much he knows. Do you guys think he knew a lot? I mean, he... I think at some point you have to understand that... Yeah. Anyways. I mean, I've never really talked about sports on this podcast. And again, I'm not going to get all crazy and start talking that with you guys because I don't necessarily think that's my target audience. Maybe my dad. Hi, dad. Um, but that shot by that Minnesota native Suggs, I, I couldn't tell you his first name, was so cool. And then they got absolutely destroyed. I wanted UCLA to win. Actually, you know what? I picked Illinois to win and that just backfired game two. So then I was like, okay, I'm going underdogs all the way. And I wanted UCLA so bad, but they didn't get it done. Suggs had this amazing shot. And Baylor ended up winning. Go Chip and Joanna, huh? Go Chip and Joanna. Chip's hair is so long. I'm like, you might need a haircut. Jojo, fix that. Okay. I'm sorry. That was just a lot. That was a little rant. We're going to go in and we're going to talk about some hard-hitting things. And by hard-hitting things, I mean Khloe Kardashian versus Facetune. Rachel Hollis versus anybody with a brain. And I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things I've been influenced by lately because you know what? It's happening. I'm being influenced more than I, than I thought and... One of those big things is the Peloton, and again, I don't know exactly how to talk about it because I know the Peloton is just, like, such a weird topic of conversation because some people think it's, like, culty and other people think it's ridiculously expensive, which it kind of is, but I just want to talk about a couple things. So, first and foremost, I am introducing Khloe Kardashian versus Facetune. Okay. You guys... Social media is literally getting out of control. I think the usage has obviously gone up since we started this global pandemic back in March of 2020. I think people are bored. I think people are scrolling a lot more. I love to scroll. Just sit and scroll, look at nothing. My problem is, is things that people are posting are getting crazy. Like, I don't know the exact date of when filters entered into the equation. And I've gone on rants and raves about how those are the most ridiculous things ever. And then I discovered um, that some people with a certain level of following can hide their filter. Like, you guys, this is insane. I was listening to my favorite daily radio show, The Taylor Strucker Show, and they brought up this good point that I just want to touch on. And they called it Instagram face. And I think what we're seeing so much as women right now is a lot of instant comparison because 
we're scrolling through our phone, we're seeing what our friends are doing, we're seeing what celebrities are doing, like everybody is at our fingertips, and that's what we're putting into our brain and into how we're living our lives. And I think social media, I've always been a huge social media person, probably a little bit too much, but I think the problem is now it's just going from being a highlight reel to growing into this like unrealistic expectation of beauty and expectation of reality in a sense, like in a sense, like us average Joe Schmoes haven't been going around to random islands back in, I don't know, you know, October. Like I get people are traveling now, but we started seeing celebrities travel. Fine. They have the means, they have the resources to travel. Well, we don't, but we're seeing that. And then we're seeing these altered images of what beauty is. And this is where I bring up Khloe Kardashian. So allegedly, on Sunday, apparently, MJ, Chris Jenner's mother, posted a picture of Chloe that was completely unedited. And if you want to go through the history of Chloe, I would just recommend taking a few minutes and scrolling. And honestly, it makes me sad. Like it it really does just because Chloe was like that carefree, that outspoken, badass, funny, relatable Kardashian. And now you have to laugh at putting relatable and Kardashian in the same sentence. But so this picture went up and the Kardashians went into overtime to get this picture down. To me, what does that say about Chloe and her self-esteem and what she's thinking? Like she, and she looks beautiful in that unedited picture, like beautiful, but she's so insecure that she literally has to like track down all these internet IP addresses, this and this and this and this to get it taken down. I don't know what it is, but it's this Instagram face. It, the person doesn't even exist. And I don't even want to, like, I'm just alleging it here. I'm sure Chloe looks similar to this Instagram face, but it's that thin nose, it's the eyes, like, it's not real. Everybody has downloaded, not everybody, a lot of people have downloaded this app, Facetune. They can make themselves look however they want. You know, I've been guilty. I've maybe whitened my teeth a little bit. I, you know, but it's like, I'm still me. And I think there's such a difference in where we are right now as a society of just like, these unrealistic beauty standards that have been there forever, but are now being like plastered everywhere. Like Khloe Kardashian is beautiful, but she felt so insecure that her, because her grandmother posted a non-filtered photo 
that the Kardashians went into panic mode to get the picture taken off the internet so nobody could see it again. Think about that. And I get filters. I get that people alter their coloring and, you know, but it's just like when you start changing your appearance and you like, I mean, it's creating this huge issue that's just going to keep developing if we don't change it. And like, I'm not like a f- like mad or offended at Chloe. I feel bad for Chloe. I feel bad that like her daughter is like growing up like that. And I don't I don't know cuz I'm I don't I'm not a Kardashian. But it's like how do we just like make I don't know, these, like, ridiculous filters. Like, you literally look like a Brad doll. And, like, Chloe's been caught before. Like, I don't know if you remember this one picture she posted, and it was, like, in this, like, pink corset tube top thing. And that was her confessional look, too. But the picture we saw on Instagram looked nothing like the picture we saw in that confessional. I mean, we have to understand that the people that we are seeing are constructed to look like that. The person that we say is gorgeous doesn't naturally exist. You know, I, I've like always struggled a little bit with self-image. Not enough to the point of like being so obsessive with it, but, and I think a lot of people have, but I think when you start seeing it on a celebrity who has Every resource in the world become that insecure because a a post that she didn't approve of got put up on Instagram. They made the situation worse. Like, that's where we are. Like, as young people following the Kardashians or younger than even me following the Kardashians, like, you're going to pick up on that. Like... If Chloe's that insecure, looking like that, like that sends a message. She's that insecure and she is beautiful. But what has our standard of beauty come to? I mean, I think everybody's always talked about like their, their butts. You have this perfect hourglass shaped figure and they're just... They're, they're, they look unbelievable because it's not believable because it's not real. It's just so weird to me that like, and I think it's only gotten worse as like we introduce these apps onto our phone and these filters. And I mean, I'm very transparent with you guys on my stories. Um, when I, like I use filters just because otherwise I literally look like, I don't even know. Um, but it's still not a reality. It's still not. I mean, you have to get a lot of work done to look like a Kardashian. And these apps are like, I'm more scared for like the future generations. Like, are we ever going to have any control over social media? Are we ever going to be able to control what and that's scary too but like these 
I don't know. I need to stop rambling about it, but I would love to have some feedback on the conversation. I would love to have a more in-depth conversation about it because I think it is actually turning into a problem. I mean, it just, I, growing up, I was never the person who was like super girly. I became super girly more in college and in my 20s. I really started to like fashion and clothes and expressing myself and I worked in the industry and I just like learned to appreciate myself and my body a lot more. But I think looking back for so long, I was maybe not like ashamed, but I was never a size two. I never had the flat stomach. I got nervous when I had to put on a bathing suit. I remember in kindergarten when another little girl called me fat. Like, that plays into who we are. I'm so glad I'm not that person anymore. I'm so glad I've learned to love my quirky self and my ridiculousness and my body and my face and just like the heart that I have. Like, I just think that like, we've always constantly been comparing. And now that comparison is at our fingertips 24 seven hours a day. Anytime I can get on my cell phone and scroll through Instagram and see the next most beautiful thing, you know, it's a comparison. And now it's not even just the highlight reel. It's the images. It's the beauty behind them because they're not just highlight reels anymore. It's not just living your best life, but it's also living your best life and looking like a perfect 10. I don't, again, I don't have the answer. I'm nervous for our future. I'm nervous that the lack of transparency um, behind people with really large platforms is going to hurt more than it is going to benefit. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. And I didn't mean to get all deep and weird about it, but I just think it's like something that's super important to just understand. It's, it's under, it's okay. And you're beautiful no matter what you look like. Like we're never going to look like Kardashians because guess what? The Kardashians don't even look like Kardashians. And that was proved on Sunday. Okay. <clears throat> My next gal who made the news. Rachel Hollis. She's a motivational speaker. Kind of made to feel relatable. Blogger turned an author. She has three books um, that I would deem self-help and many others. Girl, Wash Your Face. Girl, Stop Apologizing. Didn't see that coming. I would say within the last couple of years, she's really taken off. Like, I would say she's definitely been the forefront of women encouraging women to have this life. And I don't even know if it's women encouraging women. I think it is her as a successful mother monetizing to help inspire people 
to make her successful and make others successful. Again, that is just my opinion. She has caused a lot of controversy, um, I would say more recently than not, when she and her husband surprised their whole fan base when they got a divorce after not being able to maintain allegedly an unhealthy relationship. Remind you, they were giving marital advice. They were selling out conferences to give advice. They were doing all of this and making money. So she definitely got the wrath of that. Now, I would say, I'm 30 years old now, and I would say starting probably when I was like 23, I got really into self-help books. I was kind of at a crossroad in my life. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be doing. I had gone through something very traumatic, and I didn't know what the next step was. It's that transition from college to the real world. It's hard. And I think it's a, we're not prepared for it, point blank. And so I struggled during those time, that time. And I would say that I definitely, my early 20s were not my shining moments. And I probably still owe people apologies. But I started to get into these self-help books. And as I would read them and I would digest them and I would take notes and I would do all the stuff I kept on realizing like I am comparing myself to someone that a I don't even know b this author is telling me what I need to be doing and I'm never going to be the one to wake up at four in the morning if that makes me unsuccessful then I'm screwed but as I kept on reading them and engaging in them and trying to figure out how they relate to me and what I, pieces I could take to bring me from this point to that point, I just stopped myself and I said, you know what? These are like harming me. This isn't self-help. I'm finding more self-help by disengaging with the world and watching Bravo TV hanging out with my friends, hanging out with my family and not being told what I need to be doing to live a successful life. I still read self-help books, but I think self-help books have to be read in moderation and they have to be read in a way that they're not the rules. They're not the golden rules of life. You can take into consideration other people's opinions on how and what you should be doing, but it doesn't have to be your golden standard. I think this is maybe where Rachel Hollis got into some more trouble. She was being honest with people, but she wasn't being transparent. And there's a huge difference between transparency and honesty. And that is the biggest gray area in all of those books. There's different parts of these these books that discuss, you know, I, I don't even know how to put it. Like, she's very raw and she's honest, but she's not completely honest by saying, like, as a, as a mom, she does this and this and this. She has help. And she made that 
crystal effing clear. On Sunday, or earlier this week, maybe late last week, by posting this video, and I don't even want to get into it, but it was racially insensitive, it fully displayed her privilege. She mocked the people that she is teaching. And that's what I keep going around and thinking about. Like, you wrote a book called Girl, Wash Your Face. You are trying to relate to every or the majority of females out in this world who, yes, we should all wash our face. No, we shouldn't stay in abusive relationships. Yes, it's okay if you don't do the laundry. Yes, you need to take care of your body. And if you quit a diet, then I don't know if I can trust you. Literally, that's like a chapter in this book. If you want my copy, please go ahead and read it. And again, I sincerely hope for people who have read and engaged with these books that they've helped you at some point. They've, that there has been a lesson learned. She's made money for teaching us lessons. And I hope, and I would say that I have probably gone through that book and I've taken little nip, nips and pieces nips and, blah, 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 and put together what works for me. But I'm saying that is the problem. That isn't the golden rule. And that's what I struggle with with some of these motivational books. Again, going back to this video, plastering this on social media, talking about how privileged you are, talking about how you don't want to be relatable, telling people what other people like Oprah Winfrey, Harriet Tubman, I don't even remember who else, in your caption that you're like, you're being tone deaf. Because guess what, Rachel Hollis, you are not Harriet Tubman. And you are not Oprah Winfrey. And you don't know what it's like to be them. I'm not going to even go down that road. But I would encourage you to like take it in a little bit because it's very fascinating to see what people held her accountable for some of these things. Because to plaster on your social media that you don't want to be relatable and you want to be different and you work this hard and you wake up at 4 a.m. and this is what makes you successful. Congratulations. We all have a different level of success. I don't have the resources that Rachel Hollis has. I'm not a multimillionaire. I don't even know if she is. I don't have everything at my fingertips. So I probably do work just as hard, but I work differently than Rachel Hollis does. And again, that's what I keep thinking about. It's like there is no standard golden rule and money is not the determination of someone's success. I mean, yes, that's how we're raised in society, but like I would rather rather be this person that I am today who have I, I've, like I mentioned earlier, grown to love, grown to work towards, grown to appreciate, than have $7 million in my bank account and be miserable. And that's being honest. And I'm not kidding. Like, yes, I want to be, I always joke like, oh, I want to be like a housewife. I want to be famous. I want to be rich. But guess what? I worked really hard 
to get to the place where I am today, just like a lot of my friends have, just like my mom has, just like my aunts and my cousins. And, you know, that's just like what I keep thinking about is like, we have to just like slow the roll, you know, and the lack of accountability when it comes to someone who basically is writing a book about being accountable, holding yourself accountable, learning your way, creating this path and growing. She takes zero accountability during this incident. It took her days, days to delete that video. It took two statements, the first statement deflecting the problem to her staff and then writing one of the most PR written statements I've read ever after the video was deleted. She's sorry because she got in trouble. She's not sorry for what she said. And there's a difference. Again, I like self-help books. I like learning how to better myself. But I think we just have to be a little bit more careful about who we're learning from. Who's teaching us this? You know, it's not possible to always be happy. It's not possible. We have to feel the highs and the lows of life. And I'm sorry, I'm getting preachy here because I just, I feel like so passionate about it. You know, we might not have the wealth and resources that Rachel Hollis has, but we have a community of, of friends and peers and coworkers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles and, and moms and dads and stuff that they can teach us this stuff too. Part of learning is living. It's not just reading a book and thinking you have it all figured out. It's not the person just teaching about that book that has it all figured out. Because we're all succeeding. We all woke up today. We all are doing the best that we can every day while feeling the way that we need to feel. You know, I sit here and I just think to myself, I can't imagine thinking that I'm that much better I don't want to be relatable because I have the money to let some woman come into my home and clean my toilets twice a day or twice a week. Her words, her video. It's been on the internet and you can still find it. Let me tell you that much. Be careful about who you let teach you how to live because you're living and every day you're growing and you're turning into the better version of yourself and it's not always easy and there are going to be hard days and there's days where you cry and there's days where you're mad and guess what that is normal that is relatable always being happy is not relatable it's also completely bullshit and that's something that I get very passionate about. If you expect me to always be the happy person, you're setting me up to fail and not to meet your expectations. Again, this is one person who's been kind of in the spotlight these last couple of days who I really just like 
had to sit back and just like reflect on this because I think it's very important. I think if anything we've learned in 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is life is not always easy. Life does not always go as to plan. And I know nothing. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just living my life and telling you how I feel about this. I am far from perfect. I barely slept last night because I was coloring Real Housewives coloring book. All of a sudden I look up. It's 3.30 in the morning. I'm still coloring freaking Dorenda from Real Housewives of New York. So, no, I don't go to bed at 8.30 and I don't have a smoothie every morning. I'm just me. I'm just trying to live my life the best that I can to be the best person that I can, not only for myself, for those people in my inner circle, and that's it. And again, I'm not here if you love her and you respect her and you've learned from her. I'm not even here to judge her. I have opinions on her. I have opinions on other authors that are like her, that hold us to this unrealistic expectation that we can't fail, that we can't be sad, that we can't be mad. We have to be happy. The whole don't give up bullshit is enough to drive me insane. I cannot be perfect. You cannot be perfect. These people are not perfect. These people are not living what they're telling us by themselves. They have help. They have resources. And they have a purpose for all of this. You know, again, I applaud her for taking it down and for being honest. But there are excuses for things. And there are excuses on why you're not maybe where you thought you would be at this point in age. Trust me. It takes a while. I'm not even 100% where I want to be. I don't even know where I want to be. I know who I want to be with. I know who my friends are. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I just feel like it's this constant pressure. And I just, again, I read motivational books and self-help books. But I'm cautious of what I bring in because, again, I think you have to understand that they're not all rainbows and butterflies. Speaking of rainbows and butterflies, I want to talk about a few things that I have been influenced by recently. Um, Obviously, the Peloton if you know me or you follow me on anything, you know I'm very obsessed with it. But I have to tell this funny story. It's like, I am a, I'm a more competitive person by nature. And so, I have a group of people that I follow, like, my close friends, whatever. I don't really, like, monitor them. I'm like, well, I would never expect them to monitor me. But I monitor my brother. I watch his races like a freaking hawk because the man is nuts. He took 12th place out of, like, 11,000 people. And that mofo got a shout-out by my favorite instructor before I ever did. So now, I'm going to have to somehow figure out how I can get in 12th place on a Toondy ride. Again, if you don't have Peloton, 
They do usually get free month um, subscriptions. You don't have to have a bike. They do like walks, runs, arms, blah, 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 blah. So it's something that you could just even like experience experiment with for a month and see if you even like it. Um, again, I don't push that on anybody, but it was definitely pushed on me to break Hava. And I'm very happy for it because it has held me accountable and it helps me work out. And I'm very glad I purchased it. Again, I'm just going to reiterate the feta pasta. I know it's a little bit old. It's probably moved on. Not, every, not everybody's still thinking about it, but it is mm, so good. Um, also, you guys, I really need a hammock. I really do. And I don't, we don't really have a lot of trees in our house because we like, we're in a newer construction. And so I'm going to need some hammock. Is it hammock, 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 hammock? Um, suggestions with a stand because I need it. I need to like be able to go outside and just like relax. So that's what I'm going to need from you guys. Also, I do have to say that I actually kind of like the Addison Rae song and I'm really sorry about it. And I feel like I let myself down by even liking it, but I do. And, um, finally, if you have not watched the Demi Lovato, um, documentary it is so moving it is so powerful it is so good I bawled my eyes out um it's a really inspiring story and I would really encourage everybody to listen to it also again more than you ever know please 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 rate review and subscribe to the podcast um follow me on instagram I'm going to be, I have a few things in the works here to kind of continue to build the community. But if you guys share the love, that only helps me, especially as we really build this community. And literally all of you guys are like my family and friends. Um, next week, my guest is my girl, future sister-in-law, Lauren Haberman. She will be on the podcast. We are taking... A weekend to go down to Lincoln to see our family. Um, no new wedding plans. Kind of just chilling with that for a second. Trying to figure out what the heck we want. Because it's the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. And, um, yeah. You know, rundown. Work is good. Family's good. It's my dog's 11th birthday today. Um, but again, follow me on Instagram at not another basic girl. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. Until then, check in and let's chat.